Hey, Andrew, guess what season it is? Hey, Jason Schultz, it's playoff season. It is. Very exciting time of the year. Very exciting end to the regular season. And now, it's play. I love the 10 weeks of playoff racing with so much on the line. It's here. It's still summer, so it doesn't feel like it's necessarily here yet, but we know it's here. It's coming up this weekend. Hey, you know how we say in Phoenix, I don't know what season it is. You know, it's just always hot every day. Until it rains when NASCAR <laughs> comes to town because it's NASCAR and that's what happens when they race, especially for big implication races, you know, like Daytona 500 this year and probably the championship race. They go to the desert and it rains for a title race, I'd be pissed. Yeah, but we we didn't get rain in Florida. And man, I'm so glad shocker. we didn't because it is, that was a shocker. You know, you normally expect at least to be talking about rain, but really I never heard it all weekend. I'd rather have the July race be rained out than the Daytona 500. I was so mad when Daytona got rained out. The racing gods were not in favor of the Daytona 500 going off without a hitch. That was literally, it was on my birthday, never happened before. It was probably one of the most hyped up, anticipated Daytona 500s in a while. And then it rains and we get screwed. I was so mad. Luckily, this race went off without hitch, but like, please just let the Daytona 500 happen. Like, I, that's the most important race. See, I bet, you, I bet you the racing gods felt bad. So they gave us tonight. They gave us a great regular season finale, and it was a great race. I thought it was a good race. Um, not my favorite of the year. Like I think you tweeted, I think Bristol and Darlington were probably better overall races. However, the quality, the racing for a plate track, being able to race without wrecking, that was impressive for the first um, two-thirds of the race. Usually, I, I don't know, I'd rather see wrecks happen throughout the race than two big ones at the end, but it did play out pretty well. And it did, like, I don't know, everyone was still in it. It was like all three of those playoff guys were still in it until the end. They missed that first big one, which was huge because they all pitted. And people were like, why are they pitting? There's only, like, a few laps to go. Like, why are they pitting? They pitted, missed that whole big one first time. And then we're up front for the second one. And almost, they all almost missed without getting caught up. Yeah, man. And, and Byron, did you see how close he came to avoiding that first wreck? It was pretty, that was, it was insane. Like, I don't know how you make it through that. Your spotter says go low and you go low and see what happens. Yeah. So that, that was actually interesting in the post-race Zoom because I wanted to ask him that. Like, man, like what was going through your mind? And exactly that. He didn't even have the thought in his mind to go low until a spotter told him, because he was originally thinking that the high lane was actually going to be the best way around that wreck. It wasn't until spotter came on the radio, said go low, until you know he made that move. I know, I know, spotters are the most important. I'm just they saying. They have a better view of the wreck. I'm just than the saying. Driver. William Byron, had he gone off instant reflex, would have gotten involved in that wreck. And then that would have been the end of his playoff hopes, compared to what eventually unfolded in the other race. Um, I don't think Jimmy Johnson enjoyed that race very much. Of the three guys that needed not to wreck, he was the one that did wreck, and that ended his playoff hopes. Yeah, I know it is. It's it's heartbreaking. You know, you wish he he's been robbed of so much of what he should have gone through in his final season. Just the the final lap around the victory tour, not being able to see fans, and you know robbed of all that because of the virus the virus kept him out of a race and ultimately the, the playoffs and man it's just it is hard to see jimmy not being able to be one of these 16 guys but i thought his instagram post that he posted after the race was the coolest thing 
He said, seven it is. I'm damn proud of that in this case, in case you were wondering. I think that is just so cool. I was, I don't know, he was doing so well throughout the race, and he seemed to be be able to make moves the best. So I was expecting him to be the one that was able to hold on if he got to the front or got up towards the lead and fend some guys off, but it did not turn out that way. The wreck claimed him, which is kind of like it's unpredictable. You don't know when the wrecks are going to happen, and he just happened to be the one that got caught up in it. Like the other two guys are able to survive. But a playoff without Jimmy Johnson two years in a row now. But guess who has never missed a playoff? No one. Chad Knauss. Oh! Whoa. He's, I would say, there's probably no driver. True. I, didn't, I was thinking drivers. Yeah. yeah. I think Kevin Harvick has missed the playoffs before. I think Chad Knauss may be the only... No, Jimmy, when Jimmy missed the playoffs last year, it was significant because now... Because he was the only guy to be in every single playoffs. But now Chad Knauss, he's still hanging on. Dang, row, which, man. That is a good point. I did not think of that. William Byron's win, though, a long time coming. It's his third full-time season. Chase took him to his third full-time season win, too, so they're kind of on par there. I was so high on William's talent out of the Xfinity Series, how dominant he was in the Truck Series, then came up the Xfinity Series, had a killer year with JRM, won a lot of big races. Speaking of big races, he won JRM. His Xfinity race at Daytona, he won in 2017, his you know previous Daytona win. I have that trophy in my office. That's pretty cool. Now that he won a big, now his first cup win was at Daytona. Wait, in 17? Uh-huh. Oh, okay, I was there. I got the trophy, though, so who was the real winner? That's cool. Yeah. So, Cool William won. Finally, I think this is like a chase deal where it took him so while, a long time to win, but now that he's won, I think it'll come a little easier. Absolutely. Man, and uh, he's in the playoffs, and, uh, well, I don't want to talk too much about it, but there are guys, I'm looking, I'm, I know, I'm looking at the playoff standings right now, and we were talking about it before, very vaguely, because we want to see who each other have for eliminations, but... I'm so excited. As you mentioned, 10 weeks. This is this is where like NASCAR's at its best. When we're playoff racing, constantly watching the bubble, the storylines, who's doing well, momentum, my favorite time of the year. Okay. Last couple thoughts about Daytona. Brilliant move to put it as a regular season finale. I've Absolutely. said that for years. I when they were talking about maybe taking Talladega out of the playoffs, I'm like, put it as a regular season finale. Like a plate track in that position was perfect. We saw guys like Bubba Wallace was up there at the end. Like we, my friends Tyler, Tyler Evan, and I were watching the race, and it was kind of like there, go, like there Bubba goes, like he's got to push to the lead, like he could win this, and it was just like that excitement. And knowing that it's not just to win a race, it was to win a race and make, and the make playoffs. playoffs. How much big that, how bigger that was. So hopefully NASCAR stay um, decides to keep doing that in the future. And yeah, that was good. Yeah, home run, absolute home run. But we got. 10 races to talk about now. The playoffs starting this weekend at Darlington, and uh, I think it's been a tradition for a couple of years now, going through our playoff grids. So yes. I've, uh, I, I think they were pretty easy until deciding that championship four, and uh, we'll get to that in a minute. So I think we'll go round by round. We'll t- say who we think advances, who gets eliminated, but we'll talk through each of the races because this is like a totally new playoff schedule. There's a lot of tracks that haven't been in before, a lot of tracks in different spots that are going to completely affect how the how it all works, which is crazy, like just how it all unfolds. And the thing about Jimmy Johnson winning when he won five straight championships, the playoffs changed very little schedule-wise, and they haven't really changed in the last 16 years. Like most of the same tracks have been in the playoffs 
every year, at least, you know, half or so. But this year, it's finally different. You're going to see it's going to affect it because different guys are good at different tracks. And my favorite thing is there's only three mile and a half tracks in the playoffs. Yeah, that's crazy. We like, used to be five, right? Yeah, half. it used to be half the playoffs. Yeah. The championship race was at a mile and a half. It is so refreshing that mile and halves are down. Short tracks are up. I don't think we can get any better. So let's go to the round of 16. Starts we'll at Darlington. Throwback weekend and playoff opening weekend. I kind of wish they would separate that. Maybe Darlington should be like the second race or so. Because I think the playoff opening weekend is usually like when it was in Chicago. It was always a big deal. It was Chicago. It was Chicago and and Hampshire Dover. It made a special, like the playoff opener was always a special race. I guess it still will be special at Darlington, but there was a lot of mixed messages going on there. Not a fan of that. But Darlington, Richmond, Bristol. Yep. Short tracks. No mile and a half. Two short tracks. So I think guys that... Probably excel at short tracks are going to have a good opportunity. So I'll reveal first which four guys I have eliminated after this race, after this round, after Bristol. I'm going to have Cole Custer, Austin Dillon, Alex Bowman, and Matt DiBenedetto. Interesting. Matt okay. DiBenedetto out. We uh we have half. I have two different guys. So I agree with you, Cole Custer, Austin Dillon. I, I looked at this momentum-based. Um, frankly, from the standpoint of – these first, this first round, it is about who the strongest teams are all year. But then also, I'm looking at the tracks. I look at Darlington as a track. If you remember our first race back, man, that was almost Alex Bowman's race, race to win. He was passed pretty late in the game, I, I recall from Kevin Harvick. Bowman's good at Darlington. I think he can, and he's got probably I'm not a whole ton of playoff points. But that's why I think Bowman's going to be safe. So I have but Custer. It, the playoffs are more than ju- the first round's more than just Darlington, though. I know. I'm getting there, man. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm um, saying he's not that good at the other two tracks. I have the Benedetto going through, and that is exactly because of Bristol. Here's the thing. I looked at his stats at Bristol. He did have that one really good race, and in the spring, people were anticipating him doing well. But just like he had, like he's had a good, he showed promise there. But I don't think it's going to be like three races. You got to put together three really strong races. He's been he's had a tough two months. He's not been that good compared to what he's been in the season. So I just think he's gonna have a rough road. Bristol, he might get a top five at Bristol, but I don't think that's gonna be enough to move him on. So that's why I have him out. Um I have Boyer have and Kurt Bush. The other two. So you have Oh, so you don't have to bend that over Bowman. Nope. Yeah. Boyer and Kurt Bush. Why Clint Boyer? You like if you're talking momentum, he's been pretty he's been getting pretty solid, finishes regularly recently and his two best tracks are in this round yeah i don't know it was just a gut thing bristol and richmond two of his best tracks on the circuit so i feel like he'll have a solid performance there kurt bush why that's also interesting i think that momentum wise i say yeah he doesn't have a ton of momentum but um and i looked at it just just history man he's not fired off well at the beginning of these playoffs like you look he's a guy who you always expect to advance and then always ends up being that interview at the elimination race on what went wrong that round and and the tracks have changed that's that's honestly that was my mentality for Kurt Busch you know thinking about it more I mean I, I did throw this together pretty quickly so obviously things will change but he is good at Bristol but man I don't know. It's just one of those things you expect Kurt Busch to advance, and he always just proves you wrong. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take him out. I 
every year I go off those feelings like, oh, I just don't feel like he's going to advance. And then it's totally wrong. So this year I completely revamped my approach, looked at stats, looked at histories, and decided who I think will perform based on the combination of tracks, who's got it, who's got in the bag. And I think Kurt Busch, Bristol's one, probably his best track. He's good at Darlington. He's good at um, pretty good at Richmond. So I think he'll be a pretty solid, safe pick to move on. Because if I did go off that feeling thing, I always get it wrong. So I decided to avoid doing that this year. And maybe we'll change our picks before the before Sunday in the first race of the playoffs. But this is my raw first reaction. First reaction. It yeah. is only less than twenty four hours after the field is set. All right, but let's yeah. go next round, round of twelve. And right. I'm actually looking at this now. I might change it up, but you go first. Okay. Um, round twelve. Las Vegas, Talladega, roll like. Kansas, or sorry, Las Vegas, you know, typical, our first mile and a half race of the playoffs, probably typical um, race will be. Talladega and the Roval, back-to-back, the two biggest wild cards of the playoffs, back-to-back. So it's going to be a survival, like whoever can get through there. The thing is also with maybe Talladega not as much the Roval, Talladega is going to be like we could have a wild winner. And like any of the guys that maybe we don't think are overall performance-wise could get to the round of eight, this one guy could win Talladega easily and move on. Um First, I'll reveal that I have Eric Almarola eliminated after the round of 12. But guess what? He has not finished outside the top 10 at Talladega since spring 2016. He's going on like almost, I guess that's three or four years of top 10 finishes at Talladega. That is his best track. He won there a couple years ago in the playoffs. I have him out, but I think he has a phenomenal shot winning that race to advance. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. We'll see if he can, if that can be his savior. Also, my other three out, William Byron. Clint Boyer and Kurt Busch. Yeah. Okay. I I agree with you on Byron and the ten, and then I also have um, De Benedetto. You know, I think I think he can he can make some noise in the first round, but nothing nothing for the second round. Now, again, this is off of first reaction. I'm looking at Alex Bowman, but now I'm looking again, and I don't know if that's necessarily the guy that I think I can eliminate quite yet. Um. But what, but I'll stick make, with what, I'll wait. stick with my yeah. Okay. What makes you think Bowman like what about that round says Alex Bowman to you? I don't know. In years past, he's always and again, I didn't have enough time to look up at the stats. I will do that over the next twenty four hours. But a Talladega winner, and or wait, no, 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 no. He's never won a Talladega. Scrap that. Scrap that. Um, he's run well at Talladega. He's run well at Vegas. Um, again, this is just from recent memory from races I've watched in person and then, and then playoff races on TV. Um, and then I'll have to look up his Charlotte stats, but I just, again, it's a, it's a feeling thing going Alex Bowman. So 24, 10, 21, 88. You talked about momentum in your first round picks. And I think momentum for Bowman, like he's been off for months now. He's not been that good. He's not performed well. He's probably the I don't know, even compared to Jimmy, he's probably the worst running Hendrick car right now. I think Chase, we both agree he's in the round of eight. He's been strong. Um, Byron, clearly he's coming on well. And Chad Canals, like that experience in the playoffs, that's why I had Byron going through the, to the second round, just because he's got Chad Canals. Like that's a huge help compared to most guys in the field combining his experience, Byron's lack of experience, but Chad makes up for that with his experience in the playoffs. But Bowman, I just – based nothing has gone right for him last yeah. round. So I'm assuming he's going to have a tough playoff go, and that's why I have him out after round one. 
All right, and then that gets us to the round of eight, and based on who we've already eliminated, I think we have exactly the same round of the round of eight drivers. Yes, you read so them different different paths to get there, but we agree yeah. on the round of eight. So uh, yeah, let's read them off: Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch. Say uh, make it to that eight. That is when looking into this right now, the top seven going into. Darlington one, we think, are going to be in the round of eight, with the exception of 14th seeded Kyle Busch going into the round of 16, we think is going to be in the round of eight. I heard you say on a different podcast that you cheated on us with, and we'll talk about that later, but that you saw, you thought your hot take would be Kyle Busch is going to be out after the round of 12. So was that a tight decision? Even Because he is, if you talk about momentum, he's got none of that. He's been off and yeah. crashing and running well. Is he the biggest stretch you have going the round of eight? You know, I think so. It, when when we're going to talk about Championship 4 here in a minute, he was one of the easy decisions to make, which is kind of crazy to, to say that about Kyle Busch. You but, put him in Championship 4? No, hold on. Hold okay. on now. Um, you can't make any assumptions here. But, I just want to uh, test, drug test you if you do make that decision. But yeah, on. so I think Kyle Busch getting eliminated after the round of 12 is a hot take. Uh, you know, bold take. Do I logically think it'll happen? No, I think he will make it to the round of eight, especially since he's at least started to be picking up the pieces and running up front and and finishing within the top five these last couple of weekends. So they're starting to slowly piece it together. So when we're talking about momentum, teams getting slowly, progressively better towards the end of the season, the 18 team is doing that. They're not you know, blowing us away, obviously, but they are making significant improvements that they haven't made for a majority of the season. That's why I think Kyle Busch makes it to the round of eight. But man, you're right. Momentum, and he's only got three playoff points to his name. I'm going to say this. I don't think that's enough to make it to the championship for my first elimination, Kyle Busch. Round of eight does not make it to Phoenix. Okay. I don't want, I don't need to drug test you anymore. You're good. But let's talk about round eight real quick. Tracks are Kansas, Texas, Martinsville. Um, my big thing is here, I think what's going to determine the championship four from that round is the combination of who has the most playoff points, who will have a very you know easy ticket to Homestead, and who is best at those tracks and who's going to win races. Because Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin could probably win all three of those races themselves because those are some of their best tracks. They've performed well those this year. However, I think there's some other guys in this round of eight that could win those they're good at those tracks and could win those races and then get to get a championship four spot and make it harder for those guys working on points we i think i forget that if you win a race you make it to the next round automatically it's very yeah, hard to, exactly yeah you forget it's about very that. hard to remember that so and you think all oh, the guys these guys have the most points they'll probably be the best in the round but anybody could win like Chase Elliott at Martinsville he could win that race Joey Logano at Texas or Kansas like they could win and surprise us and make the championship four and that's why I'm ready to reveal my championship four. Are you ready for are you ready for me to reveal it? I have three of the four. I'm debating between two people right now. I'll let you go first. All right. First, we'll we'll share our first two first, which are obvious: Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin. Most yep. playoff points. They'll be solid. The like I'm telling you, this was the hardest yep. championship four decision ever. Yeah. Maybe I mean, it was you hard. At, the first. Okay. So you look at I, I had circled. Basically, with the 4 and the 11 and the 8 team eliminated, we agree on that, right? You have 2, 22, 9, 19 left. Man, 
any one of those Brian four. Too, right? Oh, and, and, and the 12, yeah. Any one of those guys can easily make it in, I feel. I feel like, okay, I'll let you go first. All right, I'll just say based on that, it's figuring out who, it's, for me, it's who's going to win these races and who's going to perform well. They're all pretty even, and they don't have, their playoff points are pretty consistent across the board. Yeah. Like, we, there's only two guys that have pulled away in that scenario this year. Everyone is so close. So then you have a Penske. I assume one, do you have one Penske car in the championship four? That's who I'm actually debating on for the last spot. Okay. We're putting together a puzzle. So let's talk, I'll talk about that. I think all those three of those guys have been pretty even this year. They've all been ran pretty well. Maybe Keselowski's the best. Blaney's had a lot of good speed. Logano's been consistent, but they're all good at these tracks and it's really hard. So I picked Joey Logano to make the championship four because I think he will win either Kansas, Texas, or Martinsville. So he's my third. Let's name your third guy. Yeah. Uh, my third guy was Martin Truex. Um, Why? And, and specifically because when you talk about these tracks, man, he, he's the, the winner here at Martinsville. I feel like every single year he is a player when it comes to that track. And while he may not have the playoff points, I, I, even though I'm, I'm looking at this, that, that really doesn't matter. He is only six playoff points behind Chase Elliott right now going into yeah. to the first race. So I, I think when you look at these tracks, Truex is a guy where I could see him winning one of the three. So I, I have yeah. Martin Truex Jr. as my third. Yes, Here's your fourth. Very good point. It's Martin Truex Jr. I have him too because I also think he'll probably win one of those races. Kansas Martinsville lights out tracks for him. So my four, before Andrew reveals his final guys, I have four, 11, 19, and 22, which is a very, like, they've all been to the championship four before, but I don't think that combination's ever been there together. Maybe three of the four have, but it just, for me, looking at it on paper, seeing those numbers, it seems like a pretty unique combo compared to previous years where it's three JGR cars and Harvick or something like that. To make it interesting, I just, I know Penske has been, they've just been so quiet. That's my thing. It's like, you look at Logano and what he's accumulated to get him into fourth going into Darlington. It was all right before COVID, I feel like. You know, his two wins were before the shutdown. I feel like the momentum is behind him. And they've just been too quiet for me to be like, yeah, man, they're a clear championship four. They weren't. He wasn't really quiet when he was blocking every single driver on the racetrack on Saturday night. <laughs> Severely so, blocking everyone. So I'm going with the nine, Chase Elliott. I've said it for a couple of years that he's going to go to the championship four, and I've always been proven wrong, and maybe I'll go one more year and say that this is his year. I'll go Chase Elliott. So we're, we're off by one. Harvick, it's wild. Hamlin, Truex, Chase Elliott for me, my champ four. It's wild, and for the record, I'd like to state that Andrew picked Chase Elliott for the championship four, and Jason did not. I had him, like, I wrote down all those guys that we were debating to get to the championship four, and I actually put him last in my list of of the guys really? that in that round. I wow. think Even I looked, ahead of like, Blaney. Yeah. I think, wow. looking at this, I did it a lot of, stat, a lot of stat-based, and I think Chase, is, he's won at Kansas before, but he's not been that st- – overall good texas he's not very good at martinsville he's had bright spots and he's been in positions to win before but i don't think i think he's the least likely of those three to win a race in that round to make that's it. really really interesting else. i would not have put him last i think penske like those all three i think one of them can easily get in because they're just all they're quiet but they've been consistent yeah, that's Brad the problem real, they're just really so solid. quiet but they are i mean right now all of them 
the end of the regular season, that all three of the Penske cars were top six in points. And you just like, where did when? Where where did that happen? You know. But you say Joey's been quiet since um, before the like he did win his two races before the shutdown and everything. But he hasn't before Daytona. He'd finished in the top ten ever since mid July. New Hampshire, Michigan, Michigan, Daytona Road Course, Dover, Dover, all top 10 finishes. He's been good recently, and I think he'll just get better as the playoffs go on. We saw what he did a few years ago on the championship. He caught fire in that later rounds, won a few races, got to the championship four, and won. Exactly. I think that's yeah. – um, he's good right now, and he's quiet, but he's good, and he's got the experience. Again, yeah, on gut feeling, you just – it doesn't – Logano doesn't scream to me as much as Chase Elliott, but, but that is a great point. All right, let's do champion. You know what? I totally forgot to think about this. Oh. Like, that's the last part of the puzzle, and I totally forgot about it. So I'm going to let you go first while I actually think about who I think will win. Well, we look at Phoenix. Harvick's good. Hamlin's good. Um, at least for me. Or, yeah, Truex, I, I don't think, is as strong at Phoenix. Chase Elliott's good at Phoenix. Um, for you, Logano's good at Phoenix. That's the thing. This is going to be a toss-up if, if our championship fours work out. But... The man, I think, I think he should have won last year. Did not. I'm going to say this year now is Denny Hamlin's year. Number 11's our champion. I'm going to do different. I'm going to do different. I'm going to say it's going to be a four-way tie. Yeah. I'm going to win. Okay. We're all going to participate. You're stalling. It's what you're doing. <laughs> How do you know? Um, it is going to be between Harvick and Denny Hamlin, I think. Trex I hope so. Is, I hope that's the case. Not great. Not the probably, it's not as strong as track. Logano's good there, so I think he'll be strong. But Denny and Harvick, you remember Harvick when he won like six straight Phoenix races? I know. Like this is his track. Like, Denny won this race a year ago. When, yes. when his back was against the wall, might I add. Yes. However, we are going to a completely different aero package than they raced a year ago. And this is the aero package that Kevin Harvick thrived in for years like this was his track this is his aero package this is his race his style racing he was probably the happiest when he saw nascar announce that they're moving the championship race to phoenix and it's been a while since he won the championship almost six years he's been in it a lot never got the chance to win but phoenix plus kevin harvick plus the low downforce package plus his championship experience plus how good he's been this year i don't think there's any stopping kevin harvick and he's going to be the champion and these again are the things we think will happen do I want Kevin Harvick to run away with it at Phoenix? Absolutely not. But I'm pre- like I predicted Daytona, that's how the race will play out. I'm predicting that this is more than likely how Phoenix will play out based on Kevin Harvick's history there. Yeah. Uh, let's put this right now for me as the unofficial playoff grid because I've got some rethinking to do. Andrew will give us his official playoff grid uh, the week before the championship race just to make, make his final tweaks. No, 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 no. Hey, As he sees it, how it unfolds. Hey, and remember, I, I called Kyle Busch as our champion last year in, in this oh. episode, 10 weeks before our championship race, and um, look what happened. So, yeah. Denny, How about this? you're we'll, welcome, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, we'll see. How about this? We're going to tweet our playoff grades before the race on Sunday, our official yep. predictions. So check us out. I'm at Hey Jason Schultz. Andrew's at Andrew Curlin TV. We will tweet those with our official predictions, and I think I'm going to stick with mine. I don't think there's, I don't think I'm going to change much. But if I do change anything, you can get the official look before the race goes green Sunday night. 
That is the races Sunday night. NASCAR's Twitter account has been saying it's Saturday all day, but just for the record, for all you listeners who don't know when the race is and probably were misled by NASCAR's tweet or NASCAR's profile, it is a Sunday night race. That's right. I can't wait. Southern 500, it's going to be a mixture of throwback and playoff racing. Lots to look forward to. Uh, I'm excited, man. It's going to be a fun 10 weeks. Excited for what? I'm excited for playoff season. I'm excited for that. The combination of watching a playoff race on Sunday in the NFL, like that, I know the year has been wild. Uh, the year has been crazy, but counting like these next few months of being able to watch two of the best sports on a Sunday afternoon, peak, peak, best time of the year. So I'm, in, I'm looking forward to that. Tis the season that's for not, playoff that's not season. Time yet. Who needs Christmas when you have the NASCAR playoffs? Uh huh. I don't know how to respond to that. Santa ain't going to give you three elimination races. Three elimination races <laughs> at good tracks this year. That's wild, too. But yeah, I know. I don't know. All right. I'll, we hope, I hope get... Santa, Santa, can you give us a good Darlington race, and uh, we'll check and see how... Um... Santa doesn't control those things. Well, we'll see. I don't know. He's very busy. Darlington should be good, though. <laughs> I, we saw okay. pretty good races earlier in the year. Um, but... I don't know. Let's go. Playoff season. It doesn't really feel like, seriously, because it's a different schedule, track schedules a little earlier in the year, it doesn't really feel like playoffs yet. But hopefully as this week goes on, we get in the mood. And NASCAR is going to actually do some good promotion and get people hyped. Ten weeks left. I don't know. You say something inspirational to end this. The playoffs start now. Bye-bye.